Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston answers some of your most pressing questions. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, if you're like me, you're always wanting to know how kids think. And we take the opportunity to interview kids uh, on our radio program. And um, from that radio program, we strip some of that audio and we put it in a podcast. And so that's heard on another day uh, when I'm not uh, answering questions or giving a devotion or, uh, you know, or, or, or speaking to uh, Wayne, my co-host on the radio program. And so what we're trying to do is to not only uh, help you in your parenting skills and giving you some new tools for your parenting toolbox, but we're also helping you understand what's going on in a kid's head. Most parents are always saying, what is going on with my child? Why is this happening? How do I deal with this? And and, uh, it's always good to understand a child's perspective. And so, because I live with 60 high school kids that come from all over the country, they live here at Heartlight, um, a program that my wife and I started 30 plus years ago. I have the opportunity to dive into a kid's head and, and try to get their understanding. We filmed those um, uh, and put them on YouTube uh, at our YouTube channel called Heartlight Stories. And if you want to see the kids that that I deal with and and you want to hear their stories, then go to Heartlight Stories on YouTube and just browse through. And would you do this? Would you subscribe? If you subscribe, what happens is that that eventually YouTube pays us back so we can produce more resources for families. And so go to YouTube um, Heartlight Stories. This is produced by, uh, it's filmed, it's edited and produced by Alan Carter, who is the director of The Voice, NBC's hit um, TV series. He used to have a couple of kids live here with us, and um, so he does that for us. You guys have asked some wonderful questions um, to talk about this morning, and and so here, here's the questions. Is what we're going to be talking about today. And and uh, uh, somebody said how to answer a teen about white supremacy. That, that's an interesting uh, topic, and uh, it probably mushrooms into a lot of other things. How to how to answer a teen about white supremacy? How should we address masturbation with our 12 and 13 year old boys? Um, Hey, I've got a daughter that's 23 years old. She's living with uh, her boyfriend and getting married next year. Uh, any counsel? Somebody else said, how do you make family time successful when you have various ages of kids um, and our teenagers less enthusiastic about doing things as a family, which is kind of normal. Uh, the second question is, our son's a freshman in college and will be moving back home for a while. What are some good guidelines and rules? And then the other question is, what are the signs of um, um, uh, of a teen that needs to go to Heartlight or needs to be sent someplace else? And of course, you can you can see all those kids that that go to Heartlight at the YouTube stories that I mentioned earlier. Let me let me deal with this first question I, that I think is so important. How do 
How to answer a teen about white supremacy when they've been told it's evident in a lot of people. You know, this is what I, that I push parents to continually. And I tell them, you know, you have to know what you believe about white supremacy. And this gives you the opportunity to engage with your child on a different level. Let me, I, I wrote down some things this morning um, uh, that I think are kind of at the forefront, the front burner of kids' minds that they hear all the time. Um, and, and, and let me tell you, I'll tell you afterwards what I think that you ought to do with these things. The Confederate flag, white privilege, Russia and Israel, racial bias, hate crimes, war and conflict, global warming, inaccuracy of the press, the LGBTQ plus movement, women's rights, the Me Too movement, Democrats versus Republicans, being politically correct, Black Lives Matter, uh, the renaming of sports teams, mass shootings. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not so sure that I know everything about all those things, but I know their issues. And so what that does is push me as a parent to move beyond what I know and find out more about what I don't know, hopefully to move me to a point where I can sit down and have a discussion with my child, not a lecture, and in that discussion... Um, have the opportunity to, to share my perspective, not just my opinion. And there's a difference between the two because a perspective um, on each one of these things has a, has, a, has a lot to do with what we've experienced, what we've observed, what we've reflected on and spent time thinking about and what we've, you know, uh, have experienced in life as well. Um, which is how we gain wisdom. And this is what your child's wanting. It's, it's, it's kind of like the abortion issue or the, um, uh, what's happening there? And, and where does that place you? And what about women's rights and the right to choose? And instead of always teaching a child, we've got to move to be training a child, which means that I'm going to let them think, I'm going to let them talk, I want to hear their perspective, Knowing that the wisdom that I share as a parent is, is just part of the equation of them trying to get on the other side of the equal sign to figure out what they feel about those things. It's not the time for me to say, this is what I believe and this is what you're going to believe. It's more because we've done that in the first uh, 12 years of their life. Now it's getting to a point of going, what do you believe? And let me help you with that. And And if you're like me... What that means is I need to read up a little bit. I need to figure out what I what I really think about that stuff. I need to I need to kind of figure out okay, what's the wisdom behind it when I um, when I share with kids. And sometimes a kid you know a kid will come up to me and I was raised in the South and say, "What do you think about the Confederate flag?" And I go, "You know, I, I grew up with that. It never was offensive to me." Um, but then again, I'm pretty white and. It didn't mean slavery to me. It it just it was kind of a neat thing you paint on a car. I mean, and then everything broadens a little bit, and you begin to think, wait a minute, but it does mean something else to somebody else. And I, I also realized that that when I went to high school, I mean, out of a, out of a school of three thousand kids, we had one black kid in our school. 
Now, I was raised in New Orleans, as I said, I, I, and, and, uh, and that wasn't an issue there, but it was when I went to high school. And so what I find is my perspective is limited to my perspective. And as the world has grown beyond the boundaries, you know, I didn't think about anything outside of uh, the high school week that I spent swimming, hanging out with my uh, future wife, Jan, and hanging out with a group of guys. That was my world. But our kids' worlds aren't like that anymore. It's far beyond just their high school because they're bombarded with all this information and all those things that I just shared with you. And so they're looking for wisdom as to how to navigate those things. So, you know, it's the opportunity to share your perspective, not just your opinion. And it's for you to mold um, uh, your understanding and how to craft your message so that it's effective in the discussion that you have with your kids all under the guise of not being judgmental because uh, the, the the culture today is, is so volatile that that it's amazing how uh, people are so against anything that's judgmental. I mean, and I laugh a little bit because it's at a time that everybody's so critical about everything. Um, and so, so th- those would be the things. You have the opportunity to share perspective. You have the opportunity to craft uh, how you are going to engage with your child and help them with these things. Uh, and you're going to have discussions. And you ask and you wait for them to come back and ask you, well, hey, Dad, hey, Dad. What do you think about the Confederate flag? Okay, now don't don't talk about when you were in high school and at an all-white high school, and and uh, but now think from a different perspective, because that's what they're wanting. They're wanting perspective so that they can mold their understanding. And so, when somebody says, "How do you answer a teen about white supremacy?" I would ask you that question. How do you answer a teen about that? What have you learned? Uh, what have you explored? Um, you know, currently in the news, there's a big story about a race riot that happened uh, 100 years ago in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was in Tulsa my junior and senior high years. Um, I went to Tulsa University. Um, I was involved in young life there. I was involved in a church, a downtown church, as a matter of fact, um, not far from where the riot happened. Do you know that the whole time that I was there, I never once heard of that Ryan? And so now it's opening up a little bit. And it just means as I age and I, and I see things differently, now I want to spend a little bit more time finding out more so that I can give my child a different perspective. What a great question. And I'm, I know I went a long time on that one. Here's a, a second question. How should we address masturbation with our 12 and 13-year-old boys? Um, I'm an expert on this, and the reason I am is because I was 12 and 13 at a time, and I live with a group of guys. And and um, and those guys, there's 25 young men that that uh, are kids, high school kids that live with us. You know, and and somebody says, how do you address that? And I and I would tell you this: sometimes you don't. And I think it's very difficult for a mom to address that with boys. And so I would encourage a dad to, to do that. And, and, and what's happening is, is hormones begin to rage in a young man. And, um, you know, I, I think they find out new things and, and, um, 
And so masturbation ends up being pleasurable or it could be an anxiety release or it's a response to them looking at porn and being stimulated in some way. And, and it, but it's also a time that you do tell kids you're going to do your own laundry. And, and, you know, I heard somebody say that, you know, what happens in the shower stays in the shower and, and, um, sometimes it's best to leave it alone. And there's other times when it gets out of, uh, just, I, I mean, I, out of hand, I, I don't want to say that, but I mean, it gets to a point where it's, it's, it's a little bit, uh, abnormal. Um, and then you have to address it a little bit more, but usually kids kind of get through it and make it to the other side and they're all alive. Cause it just, I mean, and then you can, that's been proven because all the men that are alive today have, have succeeded. Sometimes you'd leave it alone or you get your husband to talk to your kids about it. Hey, here's another question. Somebody says, my daughter is 23 years old. Uh, she made her mistakes growing up. And in, in, in quotes, it says, I definitely made mistakes in raising her. And so often I wish I could do it over. But her dad died at age four and now she's living with a young man um, and they want to get married. Um and she said, how do I, do you have any counsel? How do I approach that? Because she's always wanting to have a man in her life. Of course she's wanting to have a man in her life. She lost her dad. You know, and, and, and this mom says, all I know now to do is to love her and pray, pray, pray. Okay, you know what? Just as uh, you made mistakes, maybe she's making a mistake, um, but she's getting married and everybody gets to 23 years of old with a ton of uh, mistakes that they've made in their life. And perhaps the mistakes that she's made, she'll learn from just like you're learning from uh, the mistakes that you made. So here's what you do. You love her. That's it. You just love her. You love on her. Don't be judgmental. You can't, you can't change the fact that she's living with a boyfriend. They're going to be getting married. Hopefully, this son-in-law and, and, and your daughter will bring home some great and wonderful grandkids that you'll fall in love with. And then the fact that they live together won't make any difference at all. So anyway, that would be my, so, uh, my you know, counsel to you. Um, somebody else said, how do you make family time successful when you have various ages of kids and teenagers and our teenager is less enthusiastic about doing things as a family. Okay, what what does he want to do? What does he want to do? And I, I would ask that. And and it's very hard to say, let's have a 14-year-old do the same thing as an 8-year-old. I mean, you're talking about the difference between playing with Lincoln Logs um, or, in a, you know, and, and a kid who wants to play video games or... Uh, are they, you know, they want to play board games. And and I don't know about you, that um, you can spell board, B-O-A-R-D, or what I would call it, B-O-R-E-D. I hate board games. Um, it just doesn't attract me. So um, so what what does he want to do and what can you do? But but here's the encouragement. I, you know, I, I know this, that, that you have to ask yourself the question, why does my child not want to spend time with me? Now, if... Whenever you play board games, if you're always trying to teach him another lesson, or when you're riding bikes, if he's trying, if you're trying to tell him how to ride a bike better, or 
you know, you go out for ice cream and you're choosing what ice cream he gets and how much he gets and all that stuff, then then I can see why a child would say, you know, I don't want to spend time with my parents. Maybe they're nagging me all the time or complaining or griping or whatever it is. So you got to ask yourself the question, are we the reason that he doesn't want to go do things as a family? And and if that's true, then, then make a change and, and make something different so that he'll want to participate with you. Here's the other thing just to understand about 14-year-old boys. They've got so much noise bouncing around in their head that sometimes they just want to have a private space and, a, and want to kind of move away. There was a, a young lady that I talked to the other day, and she said, you know, I just go in my room sometimes and turn out the lights and close the door and lay there. And I said, well, what do you think about it? She goes, I don't think about anything. I just need a break. And I think that, that, that kids do need that. They're bombarded with so much that, that sometimes they do need a break. And so that's what he may need. He may not enjoy the obnoxiousness of an 8- and 11-year-old. It may be as simple as that. So do this. Do this. Find a weekly time that you can take your 14-year-old out and go do something. Get a, a neighbor, get a friend, get a parent, get a spouse to take care of the other kids, to give you the special time that you can engage with your child, just one-on-one. Not two-on-two, not two-on-one, not, you know, not where he gets lost in the process of taking care of, you know, younger kids and siblings. Um, but just spend time with him. And and then when your other child gets to be 14, then, then hey, we're going to spend time together as well. So now you're spending a weekly time with a a new 14-year-old, and now you're spending time with a 17-year-old. And then when your 8-year-old gets to be 14 in six years, now you're spending time with a 17-year-old, a 20-year-old, and a 14-year-old. And what that does um, in your child's mind is it becomes a very special time, and it becomes a mark of maturity that I get to go spend time with mom or dad in a very special time uh, that we're going to make a lifetime event. And it'll change the way that your kids look at you as a parent. Hey, our son is a freshman in college and will be moving back home for the summer. What are some good guidelines? You know, here's some things that I would share with you. What about smoking and vaping? Are they doing that? Do you allow them to drink at home? Um, What time does your house shut down? When you say, okay, hey, nothing good happens after midnight. We're locking the doors. You can stay out all night if you want, but um, this, um, this house shuts down. What about the cleanliness of the house? What about chores? Do they still have to do something? Maybe your child comes home and said, the only thing we want you to do is mow the yard. Um, what about guests, meals? If you're going to eat meals, let us know. What about a participation in family events? Because you just don't want to be a boarding house during the summer. You want a kid to engage. And and evidently, there's a concern about that. So, so definitely line out those expectations before your child comes home. Somebody else asked this, what are the signs... You know, how do you know when you make a decision that the teen needs to leave home and go to live somewhere else? Kind of like a heart light, what we have, a residential counseling center. Um, it's a great question. You know, and, and I would, would tell you this, that, that when things aren't going well, um, um, that's when you start considering some of the things. And you've tried everything. You've literally tried everything. Things begin to go dark. You're, 
Their kids are hating things they once loved and loving things they once hate. They become depressed, full of anxiety. They can't function. They don't want to go to school. They have a new set of friends. They're smoking pot all the time. It becomes physical. There's anger outbursts that you can't control. And and uh, I mean, I think those are the times that you go, okay, we've got to do something different because if we continue on this path, it's not going to be good. So the litmus test for this is easy. Ask yourself the question, in six months, is your child going to be in a worse place than they are now if you continue to do the same things you're doing now? And that's the test. If it's going to get worse, then do something. And, and you know, it, it may be in six months, they're not going to be around. The question that I ask kids all the time is, how do you get here to Heartlight? You know, what were the things that were happening? And most of them will tell you that Heartlight came um, uh, later than it should have. It should have been a little bit earlier. And that becomes important. So mom, dad, you have to act soon because what kids do and how they handle situations is tough and there, and there's some pretty bad outcomes out there. Uh, again, I would encourage you to go to the Heartlight Stories YouTube channel and view those kids, look at them, see if you can find your child in some of those stories and listen to the wisdom that they share. The other question um, that 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 this lady asks is is how do you, if you do send them off how do you make them feel like they're not being abandoned again, which is so important, and the the way you do that is you make it their choice, and that means somewhere along the line you have the discussion and you say this that hey uh, I know you're not happy and we're not happy and here's some things we're requiring and I'm kind of uh, you know shortening this a little bit. Here's some things we're requiring, but if this continues like this, you're not going to be able to live here. So we want you to live here. We want you to be at home. We want to resolve the problems. We want to make the changes. We want to do whatever we have to do to keep you here. But if you continue on the same path you're on, just know that you will be choosing to not live at home anymore. And we would hate for that to happen, but that would be your choice, not our choice. And what happens is now a child doesn't feel like they're being abandoned. What they feel like is they've made poor choices. And and most of the kids, when they get here, even though they would rather be at home, they feel a great sense of hope that somebody's finally done something to get them to a better place. Because there's, if you're miserable watching your child spin out of control, I can tell you there's one other person that's more miserable than you, and that's your child. And so have that discussion, sit down and talk with them, um, and uh, and try to give them some answers where they can make some good choices. Hey, it's been uh, wonderful today to, to share some things with you. I will um, be answering more and more of these questions. Uh, don't hesitate to get a hold of us and ask more. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. God bless. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us back here on Monday for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.